0: January has been an amazing and jam-packed sports month. We just had the NFL Conference Championship Games, and the Super Bowl is right around the corner in a couple weeks. We got college basketball and the NBA heating up as we head into March for the March Madness Tournament, as well as the NBA playoffs in the spring and summer, which you all know I love so much. What does that mean? That means lots of great games for us to watch. But maybe even better yet, how about we go and watch some of those events live and in person? And where's the best place to get tickets? I want you all to check out the app GameTime. GameTime is the fastest growing ticketing app in the U.S. They offer amazing last minute deals on all of your favorite professional sports as well as your favorite college teams. And then on top of that, they also sell concert tickets as well as comedy show tickets. So if you're in L.A., maybe you want to go see the Lakers or the Clippers. GameTime's got you covered. Maybe you're in Atlanta. You want to go see Kevin Hart perform. Game Time's got you covered. You're in Chicago. You want to see Chance the Rapper put on a great show. Game Time has you covered for that and so much more. Download the Game Time app today. Create an account and redeem code HOOPS for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Use code HOOPS. That is H-O-O-P-S for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets lowest price guaranteed and now let's get to this week's episode of the podcast all right what is good everybody welcome back to another episode of between the tackles an nfl podcast hosted by yours truly matt tweed We've crowned him. We have a Super Bowl champion. We will get to that very shortly. But before we jump in, if you are new to the podcast, first off, thank you for stumbling across this podcast. Please like, rate, review, subscribe, and download to the pod if you like what you hear at the end. If you are a continued listener, thank you for the love. We salute you. Thank you for the support. Um, appreciate you riding. You can find us on all platforms at Stream Podcasts, your, your Google, your Apple, your Spotify. Please, again, like, rate, review, and subscribe. That way you don't miss any show announcements or show notifications when episodes drop. All right. Like I said, we have an NFL champion. The Kansas City Chiefs once again are on top of the world. They are NFL royalty. They are the champions of the world in the NFL. Um, We'll get to all things this game. We'll talk... Eagles. We'll talk Chiefs. We'll talk referees. We'll talk halftime show. We're going to talk everything. Um, so just buckle up. This could be a long one. I have a lot of thoughts. We'll talk gambling, all that fun stuff. Um, hopefully this one doesn't go too long, but it is the culmination of a long NFL season. So we do want to obviously give give the two teams here their flowers. Um, Where to start? So I think I'm going to start with... I'm going to start at the end and work backwards. I'm going to start with the call. And the reason why is because... It, it angers me that we do this, and I'm guilty of it. I think we all are, but it angers me that that this is what we do a lot with games. So I'm going to start with the actual play, my thoughts on it, the repercussions after of of um, Bradbury, who basically says, I did hold him, and kind of like, what, well, what do we do from here? So if you don't remember... Um, in the fourth quarter with about a minute and th- I think it was a minute 36 left when the actual you know penalty is called. So with about a minute and a half left on a third and eight uh, at this point, Kansas City runs a play. Juju Smith-Schuster runs the same route basically, the same route combination that have gotten the Chiefs two touchdowns the past two drives in terms of in the red zone. And he basically what they call that is a um, – oh, shoot. I'm drawing a blank on what it's called, but it's like a it's like a zag route where basically you um you cut inside really hard but then you put your foot in the ground and you cut out. And what they've been doing is basically all the two touchdowns they have just scored which we're going to get into Andy Reid and all that stuff about his brilliance. But the the last two offensive touchdowns they had in the red zone were motion act like you're going in running towards the quarterback, and then put your foot in the ground, call, snap the ball, and the defense is so bad at communicating, passing off, or they're just rushing because they think they're going the other way, it leaves the other guy wide open. Well, so they didn't do this, obviously, with motion. This play that I'm alluding to happened just real time, but the same route combination was, or the same route tree or route theory was used where Juju Smith-Schuster was basically run a, Run a, a slant almost or an in, but then quickly put your foot in the ground and then head towards the pylon was kind of like an in and then a wheel route, an in and out wheel route essentially. But what happened is, is when that route happens, obviously it had, it had worked two or three times before. And so again, if, if Bradbury, which he was, he was obviously leaning towards, Oh shit, here comes a slant. And then he gets burned. Now I understand I'm going to give you two perspectives of this. Two things can be true at the same time. I was, I was sitting, I was at a party with a bunch of people who, well, the, the people that primarily cared about the game wanted the Eagles to win and had financial implications in terms of bets that they had on the chief or on the, on the Eagles. So clearly, and I, and I will not be up, not be bashful about this. I had everything chiefs. I didn't have a single bet that if the out I was the opposite if if the Chiefs lose I am down bad and just like the other people I was with that were heavy heavy Eagles the Eagles lose they're down bad like same game parlays all these things at one point had either an Eagles spread or an Eagles win or Eagles team total like you know basically a lot of things pro pro Eagles where I was everything pro Chiefs and so I'm sitting in this room with a lot of obviously pro Eagles fans as the one pro chiefs person and not fans because we weren't fans of the team but pro eagles pro chiefs for their bets and for their financial investments so when i say this two things can be true at the same time it's because i agree with both of these and i i spoke them out loud and everybody pretty much agreed when we saw the play live like in real time well we didn't see it like when we saw the first replay they didn't show the beginning. They showed the second part, which was the, the wraparound of the left arm around um, Juju, which that part of it seems very soft to call the, the hold. But, if you, but when they backed it up and showed the entire route, the before of that, so when he actually makes his first initial cut out of the in route to the wheel, Bradbury's all over him. And he tugs his jersey, and you can clearly see he slows down the route. Now, if they're calling the flag because of the second wraparound of the arm, it's egregious. I think they were calling it because of the initial tug and the slowing down of the route. Listen, the holding rule is basically in play for not allowing the receiver to complete his route. And if you impede on his route, regardless of if it's a a bump or if it's a... Um, a tug or if it's a, a around of an arm if you impede the route they're going to call a hold everybody on social media is clamoring that the the ball was uncatchable that doesn't matter with defensive holding it matters for dpi which they still don't really call on un, uncatchable anymore because you know whether they just assume that everything is catchable with all these athletes and stuff like that that's up to you know that's a different conversation but the, the, the uncatchable is thrown out the window because they called defensive holding. They didn't call pass interference. They called holding. So that's first and foremost. So get that out of your brain. Second, the two things that can be true, they should have called the flag, which is the first part. And the second part is you can't make that call in that juncture. I believe both of those can be true. And they ended up making the call. And yes, it ended up giving the, the Chiefs an extra set of downs. The only difference was, everybody's, everybody's angry about that it ruined the game. Sure, it ruined the feel of the game. And it didn't give Hurts a chance to go and drive the field. I completely agree with all of that. But if we want to look at it in a vacuum, the drive result ended the same. It was a field goal. The only thing that differed was the time. So yes... The actual time, score, and situation, the only thing that changed was time and situation. Score was the same. You're lucky that Jarek McKinnon—not lucky. um, The Chiefs are—they're more unlucky. Like Eagles fans are people that are angry at the call. They're actually unlucky that McKinnon didn't just run it in. Because then we get—not even only do we get a chance to see Hertz just drive the field for a field goal to tie— We get the chance to see Hertz drive to go and score a touchdown, and who the hell knows, the way that the Eagles have run their offense all year, they may go for two to win the damn thing. So we kind of got... We kind of are – I'm more bummed that McKinnon didn't just run it in. But he did the smart thing. Trust me, I I know that. I know why he didn't run it in. But every instinct in you as a competitor in the Super Bowl to run – like I think Damian Williams last year – now it's different. Again, it's – or not last year, but a couple years ago. It's different time score and situation I understand. Damian Williams a few years ago ran a touchdown in when he could have just run the clock out. But every instinct in you is to run that in for a touchdown. McKinnon said screw it. And I think almost like – I don't think he like he that was his goal the whole time was like he knew in his brain if he got they were gonna let him go and if he had a chance to go and score, he was gonna fall down, and he did. So all that said, and I kind of I'm kind of going off in tangents because my brain is still trying to figure out all of this or still trying to rationalize all of this. But at the end of the day, you're angry at the call, but what you should really be angry at. Is that the Eagles' defense, which was one of the best all year, completely folded in the second half? The, the, there's a. I think I saw a stat about DVOA, and I'm going to see if I can pull it up. I'm trying to remember if it was PFF or whoever tweeted it. Um. Somebody tweeted this about the Eagles' DVOA and the Chiefs' DVOA. Oh, okay, Football Outsiders. Um. So for the entire Super Bowl, DVOA for the Chiefs was 68.3% DVOA, and Eagles was negative 32.2% DVOA. That led to a Chiefs 98% post-game win, if we just look at the DVOA numbers, which basically is showing you, like, um, when you watch the game, everything about the game tells you those numbers don't make sense. Like, if you look at their success rate, the Chiefs had a 58% success rate. The um, Eagles had a 47% success rate. The Chiefs' offensive DVOA in the first half was only 30%. um, But the second half was 67% with a 68% success rate in terms of their offensive DVOA. Like... None of it makes sense when you look at the numbers. But at the same time, the second half told you everything you needed to know. And we're going to talk about halftime adjustments and the benefit of a halftime show and all this stuff, but like, you're all angry at the referees, and I'm not saying everybody. I know people are angry at the referees not because they don't think the Chiefs would have won the game anyway. But they're I think they're more angry that we got robbed of a chance to see Jalen Hurts who had an incredible game which we're going to get to of of going down the field and maybe either tying or winning the game. And that I understand. I understand that emotion. But I don't then say that. Don't say they robbed they they ruined the game. The the game was ruined by the Eagles defense when they couldn't make a stop. Or don't say that's what that's why the sorry it didn't you can use the phrase ruined the game, but don't say that's why the Eagles won. Or why the Chiefs won, why the Eagles lost. Eagles lost because the Chiefs went 4 for 4 in the second half and got four scores in every drive and completely manhandled the clock, got the stops when they needed to, and made the plays they needed to to win, and the Eagles didn't. I understand that's very simplistic and that's very like boiling things down to a small number. But, like, that's more to it than anything. And you're all just trying to grasp at straws if we're going with the referee. Okay, so... That's my thing on the call. two things can be true the call was correct, but the call was at a bad juncture in time and they shouldn't have made it Someone brought this up I can't remember who so forgive me for not giving credit um there was a play earlier in the drive or earlier in the game where Juju ran the same route and didn't get the call and there was a lot of you know up in arms about that and so maybe that influences at the end of the game I don't know. But there was there was definitely a co- correct nature to the call for the actual rule of or you know letter of the law. But the time and juncture and scenario, you just you just can't make that call. And then it gives the Chiefs a chance to kick a field goal, which they had missed one from from a, you know similar distance before. And then maybe you give Hertz a tie ball game to go down and win the damn thing. Nobody nobody knows. But two things can be true. It can be the correct call, but a bad time to make the call. That's where I fall on that. And listen, I am somebody who obviously was very pro Chiefs, so I'm fine ultimately with the call they made. But I can also be objective and say that should not have been called because of time and score, but it should have been called because of nature of the play. Those can both be true. And you can be angry that both of those are true, but they both can be true. So that's the call. I wanted to get that out of the way. We're about 14 minutes in, 13 minutes in. I wanted to get that off my chest and get that over with. Okay, so now let's talk about the game itself, not you know all of it besides the call. So let's talk Eagles. We'll talk Eagles and Hurts. We'll talk Chiefs. We'll talk Kelsey, Mahomes, all that defense. We'll talk Andy Reid. And then we'll talk kind of big picture. And then we'll talk gambling. And maybe we'll talk Rihanna somewhere in there because I have some funny stories about that. So let's talk Eagles because I don't want it to – I don't want it to be lost on how, on how amazing – jalen hurts was i don't want that to be forgotten and i'm going to continue to talk about that i'll tweet about it follow me on twitter at matt underscore tweet 22 shameless plug i'm going to continue to make sure we remind everybody all week how amazing jalen hurts was regardless of who won the super bowl because i believe he needs to be celebrated he had the one bad play he had the one fuck up with the fumble but other than that he was flawless So, Jalen Hurts was 27 of 38 for 304 yards. He had a touchdown, a QBR of 80, a quarterback rating of 103.4, which by and large is very like where some of the elite quarterbacks have been all year long each game. He also added 70 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. He accounted for all of the touchdowns for the Eagles. 28 of their 35 points was Jalen Hurts. So, and a, oh, and a two-point conversion to Cash the Octopus, which we'll talk about in the gambling segment. He literally had was all of the offense for the Eagles, which leads you to the next kind of point, which we'll get to, which was the running game for the Eagles outside of Jalen Hurts. We heard all week long defensive line of the eagles is going to push around the offensive line for the chiefs they're not going to be able to handle it and the running game and the running scheme for the eagles was going to confuse the defensive line of the eagle or of the chiefs that's what we heard all week long and to be frank it was quite the opposite mahomes only had 182 yards passing we thought that he was going to be the guy who was going to throw all over that you know throw all over the Eagles defense which he was amazingly efficient 21 of 27 for 182 3 touchdowns we'll talk about him in a minute the reason i bring that up though is because the script was flipped Kansas City's offensive line completely imposed their will mostly end of second quarter on but from the moment the second half started it flipped the script in terms of physicality the Chiefs actually ran the ball better 20, 26 for one fifty eight, six yards a carry for a tutty, compared to thirty-two for one fifteen and three point six yards a carry. And the only three touchdowns were from Jalen Hurts, mostly short yarded situations. And all we heard was this this Eagles defense, this Eagles defense, how great it is, how great it is. DVOA this, DVOA that. All year long. Philadelphia. Sixth best DVOA, Kansas City down there at like the 20s. All year long, that's what we heard. But man, when the Eagles needed to stop, they couldn't get it. Every We thought that they were going to sack Mahomes like crazy. Oh man, this defensive line, start betting Hassan Reddick, start betting Fletcher Cox, start betting some of these guys to get sacks. Mahomes didn't get sacked all game. Anytime there was any semblance of pressure, Mahomes was out of there. They couldn't bring him down. They couldn't get him. He got rid of the ball quick. He moved around better than I've, you know, than I anticipated with that ankle. They just, every key point, every key point of the game that we thought was going to be the turning point or like the swing factor for the Eagles ended up not being the swing factor. Obviously, in the first half, it was at one point 21 to seven, or maybe it was 20 or maybe it was 21-14. I don't remember or maybe it was 21-7. I can't remember exactly. I'm going to pull it up just to double check. Oh no, it was okay, it was 14 to 7, but th- that's right. The Eagles were driving or were looking to drive to go up 21 to 21 to 7. But then the the fumble return happens. And I know that the the Eagles end up ending the first half of 24 to 14. But but the first, that first half fumble was huge because it took a chance, which the Eagles were just going up and down the field. I mean, first, play, first drive of the game, they go 11 plays, 75 yards, and don't even, really, you know, don't even really hit any semblance of pressure. Then it's their second drive, they go 5 plays, 68 yards. So nothing stopped. And then the third touchdown they have, they go 12 plays, 75. There was nothing that was stopping the Eagles' offense in the first half. So the fact that the chiefs get that thirty six yard fumble return was massive because it would have been twenty one to seven and who the hell knows what happens after that and then obviously, like we've talked about, three states three straight touchdown drives in the second half by the chiefs every time they touch the ball it was just it was just an unbelievable flip of the script in the second half, but also just like when you go down the line with these statistics. There was a moment. I believe it was when the I'm going to try to pinpoint this. I believe it was when the Eagles got the ball when it when they were up 21-14 and they got that field goal. Maybe it was 20, maybe when it was yeah, I think it was 21-14 when they got that drove that to get that field goal. There was a moment where the Chiefs had run 21 plays, the Eagles had 17 first downs. At one point. Like 21 plays to 17 first downs. Time of possession going into the third quarter. Or maybe it was going into the fourth. Was 32 to 13. Minutes wise. How crazy is it. That when you look at it though. The DVOA numbers all favor Kansas City in this game. The success rate all favors Kansas City, and the bulk of that is because of what they did in the second half. But Hurts was amazing, and I want to make that very clear. Hurts was quite simply amazing. I texted a buddy this morning. Of the 10 best throws in the game, like the 10 biggest throws of the game, Hurts had eight of them. Mahomes didn't make massive plays with his arm, as we see by only having 182 yards. He made all the plays with his legs. Jalen Hurts did everything, legitimately everything for this team, and the defense let him down. Mahomes knew what his defense was going to have to do. Mahomes knew that his defense was going to probably give up 350 to 400 yards. He just said, keep it close, and I got you at the end. And for a moment they didn't keep it close. Got away from them a little bit. But when you but when you go three straight drives in the second half for touchdowns and you hold them to only three points in the third and in the fourth you got a touchdown and a, and a two-point conversion to kind of, you know, make this a little more spicier, but it was a complete domination in the second half. Just unbelievable. But Hurts was amazing. I mean, Devontae Smith, 7 for 100. A.J. Brown, 9 for 91. Like, truly incredible stuff from their offense. Their defense let them down. There's There's no other way around it. I mean, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, combining for 14 carries for 30 yards. Now, granted, Boston Scott had a little bit of a good run. Or maybe he was included in that, too. Yeah, sorry, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, and Miles Sanders all seventeen carries for what is that forty five yards? That's it. Jalen Hurts accounted for the other seventy. They had nothing outside of Hurts, and then the receivers. Just insane. Okay, let's talk Chiefs now. So we, you know, we've given the flowers to to hurts to the eagles for for the offense. But let's talk let's talk Chiefs. For as bad as it kind of looked at times in the first half, you look down the line here. Mahomes 182 yards, 21 to 27, three tutties. QBR of 96.5, Q- quarterback rating of 131.8, 132 roughly. Pacheco ran like a man with his hair on fire. 15 for 76 and a tutty. Mahomes, six rushes for 44. I mean, even Jarek McKinnon, four for 34. Kelsey, six for 81 and a tutty. Juju Smith, Schuster, seven for 53. Like, you know, some of these guys, man. Really good stuff. Really good stuff, but it was the second half, and it was Andy Reid putting dudes in motion, completely fooling the Eagles defense. I mean, the Kadarius Tony one's insane. I'm looking at a I'm looking at a replay clip of it now. There isn't with anybody within ten yards, and then the the Sky Moore touchdown, same thing. And they were the exact same play. the The Kadarius Tony one's actually even less less impressive in terms of what he did to get open. When he caught the ball, he was basically just walking backwards and there was nobody there. I mean, Sky Moore, there's nobody within 15 yards. I'm looking at it now. He caught the ball at the five. There's nobody within 10 to 15 yards either way. Andy Reid was remarkable in scheming those things up. It's insane. So shout out to Andy Reid for that. And then the Mahomes run at the end is legendary. It's what he continues to do. I'm looking at it now. It's what he continues to do time after time, play after play when they need it. It seems like his biggest weapon is his running. He just does it at the most opportune times. He makes the biggest run of the game. He ran for 26 yards. In that game-winning drive, or well, you know, yeah, the game-winning field goal drive, runs for twenty-six yards on a first down, and that was, and that was it. You know, like first and ten at the Philly forty-three, he runs for twenty-six yards, and they're now down to the seventeen and in field goal range. Like it. He just continually does it. It seems like every single time they need a big play, it's on his legs instead of his arm, which is just so amazing because his arm is incredible. But the biggest plays come from his legs. Bum ankle and all. No conspiracy theory. He was hurt. He wasn't faking it. He saw the tackle. His ankle gets rolled up on and caught. It was definitely messed up. But he he just does insane stuff, man. And by and large, in the big moments, it's it's with his legs. It's impressive as hell. And Andy Reid, the enemy, deserve every bit of their flowers. Drawing up, scheming up plays, and then, um, and then yeah, I, just insane, just insane. Okay, so let's now talk like long term pantheon like legacy stuff here because it's it's inevitable that we have to have this conversation because now in five years starting as the quarterback five seasons starting Mahomes has been to three Super Bowls one two and he's been to AFC championships all five years so he's perfect on AFC championships And he's now two out of three in Super Bowls. So he's 66% of his Super Bowls. He's won. And, you know, was an offsides, a borderline offsides call away from going to four and maybe having a chance to make it three out of four. So I'm not going to give you hypotheticals. I'm just saying, like, either way, the the resume is hella impressive. So we've got to have the conversation. Like, right now, it's Montana. Um, Brady, and now Mahomes as people who have won two Super Bowls, at least two Super Bowls, and have at least two Super Bowl MVPs. Mahomes will now, Mahomes also has two regular season MVPs now. And this is going to start to broach the, like, LeBron- Jordan debate, right? Like, now I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that Mahomes can't get to seven. Now, seven seems almost impossibly unobtainable, but if Mahomes plays for forever, he's already 66% of the time. And I mean, two in five years in terms of just playing as a a football player is 40%. So he's won Super Bowls in 40% of the times he starts a season as a starter. So if he just plays, if he plays for 10 more years, Sorry, if you, so that would be 15 years he's going to be right around 6 or 7 Super Bowls if he stays on the same trajectory It's it, right, obviously it would be 6 if we keep the same trajectory but maybe he goes back to back one year or maybe he you know within a, the next decade or two uh, or decade and a half if he can somehow sneak a few in remember Brady went a decade without winning one after winning three I think three or four so if Mahomes can kind of keep it in a good range within the next decade or so, he's going to be ahead of him in terms of pace. So the thing that we're going to start to broach though is like the MJ LeBron debate, which obviously I know where I you know, I know where I stand on that, but I'm not going to get into that. What I'm going to say is though is the differ or the the debate about this one is you know, Mahomes may not have all of the actual equal accolades when it's all said and done. But are you are you just going to look at it and go this debate's kind of silly? Like He's the greatest athlete. He's the best processor slash thrower in terms of time I've ever seen. He's more mobile. He's more big time like make plays with his legs and kind of backyard football. He's more arm talented. He's, he's not saying he's smarter than Brady, but he's able to process everything that he's seeing faster than Brady. He's more mobile in the pocket. He's more mobile outside of the pocket. He's more flashy. He's got a better arm talent. You know, he's right there in terms of brain talent. Like, is this going to be one of these where we look around and just go, yeah, the only thing he doesn't have is the accolades, but everything else is better. So why are we just not afraid to say he's the best quarterback we've ever seen? It's going to broach that at some point. And we might already be close. You can right now, you can have the conversation with me and I would agree with you. If your conversation is he's the best football player we've ever seen. You can have that. You can say he's the best performing and the most impressive quarterback we've ever seen. I would agree with you. That's the case right now. But GOAT conversation comes into accolades, and I understand that. Um, but at the same time, when you talk about the goat conversation, it's not just accolades because if it was just accolades, we know how this is for for basketball. If that's the only thing that gets taken into account, then you just have one person, and it's Bill Russell. If it's just that, if it's just titles and it's just accolades, you know, it's a it's a different conversation in both ways. So, legacy wise, he's on a phenomenal trajectory. Now, if he loses, if he would have lost this one, it becomes infinitely harder. Then, right? But right now, two and one is a hell of a lot better than one and two. When you're, you know, in your three times there, obviously. So, the trajectory is great. And as you know, how I feel about him, I refuse to bet against greatness. And we're gonna we're gonna head into our gambling sec- segment in a second. But I refuse to bet against greatness. I won't do it. So. He's already on that trajectory. He might already be there. And it showed last night. In the moments where we needed a play, it was always Mahomes. Mahomes to Kelsey. Mahomes' legs. Andy Reid drawing up a play that Mahomes throws a ball and it works. Like, you know, I I just continue to be so impressed. So impressed. So. Okay, let's talk Rihanna halftime performance and then we'll move we will get into our gambling segment and talk about all things gambling. So Rihanna, incredible performance. I'm on record saying that that was one of the best performances ever. You know, you can disagree or agree. I don't really care about that. What I want to talk about though is a funny story that happened at the party I was at. So, you know, one of one of the things you, you love to do with with these Super Bowl parties is you just have it's just fun to predict things that don't matter, right? And at the end of the day, none of this really matters. But that's why sports are great because none of it really matters, but it all does matter and it's fun. But the same thing with this performance, it, it doesn't really affect my day and these props don't matter, but they're fun to just have conversations and argue and debate. So I'm sitting around. I think there was like seven or eight people, six you know, six or seven, maybe eight people there. And we're sitting there. And the question is posed obviously, like, okay, what's uh, what's Rihanna's first song gonna be? You know, what what do we got? And you know, some people throw out some answers. I uh, I hear a, a little bit of, um, please don't stop the music, diamonds, and a buddy of mine had a great setup and basically laid out the groundwork for why it would be diamonds and I completely agreed with him and he con he didn't convince me to change my pick but he convinced me that that's a pretty good chance of what it could be and I had thought this all week and I hadn't really voiced it to anybody because nobody had asked me the question and somebody said hey what do you think Matt and I said, I know this is gonna sound crazy, but I've been thinking about it all week. I listened to the buildup, I listened to the start of the song, and I think it's a great song to start with. I'm gonna say, bitch, better have my money. It's the first song. And then there was another prop question, which was, okay, well, what, like, what's she gonna be wearing? What color is she gonna be wearing? And everybody was like, oh, all black, or you know, sequence this or whatever. And I said, I think she's wearing red. I put it on all the prop sheets I filled out for fun. You know, anybody that asked me thinks she's wearing red. And by God, she shows out first in a red, like, uh, leather, like, full up get on. And the first two notes hit, and I stood up and I just said, I'm fucking right. Bitch better have my money. First song that drops. Everybody looked at me like I was fucking crazy before when I said it. They said, "She can't say that. It, it's a it's a family affair. She can't play that song and say those say those words." And I said, "She can do whatever she wants. She's Rihanna." And by God, that song starts. She says the she says bitch the first time through and doesn't really say it again. And from then on, it was a freaking banger of her performance. So I just want to point out for that performance specifically, I was right on the two biggest predictions. However, Diamonds did play. So shout out to the buddy that, that had Diamonds at one point. He didn't say that would it was his was it would start with that, but it did play. And then the other thing I'll say is you really do start to admire Rihanna's catalog when you think about her performance and you start naming off all the songs she didn't perform and you're like, holy shit, she has a catalog that is 100 songs long. Like, it's insane. So shout out, Rihanna, for making me seem like a genius, but also for having just an incredible catalog and a really good performance. And shout out um, you being pregnant and your second child. That's dope. Okay, let's get to what we all want to hear, though, the gambling segment. So we're going to roll up here and talk about all the things gambling that I was on, that I bet on, that I was for, all that stuff. So last night... Or Well, not last night, but before, before the game yesterday, I tweeted this out. I'm going to go to it just so I make sure I quote this correctly. I tweeted at 12.15 p.m. yesterday, day of the Super Bowl, recording this on Monday. It was always the Chiefs. This is before the game. It was always the Chiefs. Chiefs plus one and a half. Chiefs money line. A teaser of Chiefs plus eight and a half and over 44 and a half. I'm on all things Chiefs tonight. I refuse to bet against greatness. Hashtag Chiefs kingdom. Then I tweeted at 1045 p.m. last night. Told y'all. So as you can imagine, I was very much rooting for the Chiefs with all of my financial investments that were clearly on the Chiefs. So it should come as no surprise to you that I wanted to do a victory lap when I won those bets and when the Chiefs won. And they not only covered the one and a half, they won outright, and they covered my teaser as well. But that wasn't the fun part. The fun part was some of these parlays we put together, folks. So let me tell you about my night. Six-leg parlay. Kelsey, anytime touchdown scorer. Jalen Hurts, over 45 rush yards or 40 45 plus rush yards 65 plus Travis Kelsey alternate receiving yards 35 plus Isaiah Pacheco alternate rushing yards um, 60 plus AJ Brown receiving yards and Kansas City plus 10 and a half spread cash it another parlay KC money line Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown score um, Jalen hurts over 224 passing yards cash it seven leg parlay Kansas City, plus 10.5 spread. Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown score. Jalen Hurts, 35-plus rushing yards. Dallas Goddard, four-plus receptions. Patrick Mahomes, over one-and-a-half touchdowns. Jarek McKinnon, over 29.5 rushing yards. And um, Travis Kelsey, five-plus receptions. Cash that seven-leg parlay. And I believe there was one more that I had. i got to go look and see if I can find it. Oh, no, that was it. Big time wins last night. And it's all thanks to the Chiefs just dominating. Because if the Chiefs don't, well, not dominating, but Chiefs winning. If Chiefs don't win, I'm down. Well, some of those were free bets, but I'm just sad. More than anything. I wouldn't be down money that bad, but I'd just be sad because of the potential money that I could have won. But thanks, Chiefs. I was on tails. Cash it. I was on um, touchback for the opening kickoff. Cash it. I had Chiefs to score a touchdown in the second half first drive. Cash it. It was just an incredible night for the Chiefs and for me because I had the Chiefs. So what a fun night. Um... Sad the NFL is over, but man, what a way to end it. I also had the Chiefs 9-1 from the beginning of the year to win the Super Bowl, so that was dope too. They helped me cash that. A ton of units made on the Super Bowl, a ton of units made on the year. We had an incredible run at times. We had some really rough rough weeks, but we had some really fun weeks. Um, shout out Nick Wright and his podcast for giving out a 28-1 to same-game parlay that they actually switched around because originally the offer was... Um, I think the original offer was Mahomes to win MVP, Mahomes over 274 passing yards and then, uh, Kelsey anytime touchdown and then Kelsey, um, something receptions and Nick Wright actually changed it to just his rushing yards for, for Mahomes and that actually saved the bet and that ended up being 28 to one. So what a, what a freaking play on that one there. Um, so shout out that if you if you follow that podcast which you should you and you follow that bet which I hope you did you won twenty eight units depending on you know you were up twenty eight units depending on what you bet you could have won you know I don't know twenty eight hundred dollars if you bet a hundred or two hundred and eighty if you bet ten so just some some fun all around if you were on the Chiefs if you were on the Eagles it was tough sledding man I was sitting with a buddy who was live betting a lot of stuff and he had a lot of fun live betting but when he there was a moment where he was able to get the Chiefs plus one and a half, even though they were winning. So I told him to do that. And then he also got Eagles plus three and a half when they were almost guaranteed to at least lose by three or win in overtime if, if you know if Hertz drives them down the field. So I helped him out there too. I know he had a lot of things in same-game parlays with the Eagles, but I said, hey, man, money's made right now where the value is in this spread. It makes no sense that the Chiefs were ever plus three and a half or the, um, when they were winning that the Chiefs were still plus one and a half and it made no sense that the Eagles at one point when the Chiefs, all they wanted to do was get a field goal, that you got the hook. It made no sense. So just just hang on with your boy and I got you in the gambling department. We're going to do an entire – we have a show for next year which is going to be our weekly podcast within an entire gambling show podcast – Follow me over on my NBA podcast. We're doing massive things gambling-wise over there. In the paint, follow me there. Follow me on Twitter. We're doing fun things gambling. Like Now that it's live since January in Ohio, we're full-on degenerate in this B. Like, we're here. So buckle up. Anyway, wonderful culmination to an NFL season because I had the Chiefs. If you're an Eagles fan, I'm sorry. I'm sorry it happened that way. Um, I feel for you, but... Man, offseason's looking looking promising for both these. I know the Eagles are gonna lose quite a few players to free agency, but their core is young. They're gonna be able to draft I think they got like the 10th draft pick or something like that because of the the Saints pick. So they're gonna be fine. The Chiefs obviously are gonna be fine because Mahomes' contract is still a bargain. They with the Tyree kill trade, they got a bunch of draft picks. And they're all young from this year. They hit on the draft a lot, so they're going to be right back here, you know, in the next three, four years again, maybe multiple times. So great offseasons for both. Great outlook for both teams. I know Philly's bummed, but man, what a what a game, what a year for both teams. It's going to be a lot of fun going forward in the future for both these teams. Um, but both these teams will be back at some point, I believe it. Um, and Jalen Hurts is going to get paid. He deserves it. He's the real deal. What a game he had. But shout out the Chiefs. Shout out Andy Reid. Shout out Pat Mahomes. Shout out Travis Kelsey. Um, man, it's just a team that I believed in from the beginning, but not everybody did, but I definitely did. Um, and every financial investment I have shows it, but that is going to do it for another episode of between the tackles. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you are new, please like rate review, subscribe and download to the pod. If you like what you heard. And if you're a continued listener, we salute you. We appreciate the love. We appreciate the support. Um, I don't know when the next episode is going to be. We're going to take some time off. We're going to rethink some things for next year. We'll, we'll do some draft and combine stuff in a few weeks. Um, but we're going to take a little bit of a break on this one and dive into all things NBA. So like I said, catch me over on that podcast in the paint. Um, we love you. Thank you so much for the support. And uh, we'll catch you in the next one. All right, fam. Peace.